Hey everyone, this is Chaplain Tony Repic here with the Balance Podcast out of Biddle Air National Guard Base with the 111th Attack Wing. This is a two-part series here where Dr. Paul Randolph is going to address uh, the issues that children have struggled with and some practical things and ways that you can um, engage kids and understand and pick up some cues on maybe some of the challenges that they've uh, actually are struggling with as we've come out of this, you know, few years of a pandemic. So if you haven't tuned in to the, the first, uh, the first podcast with Dr. Paul, I highly recommend that as well for your personal relationships. And this is going to be geared toward children. Now, some of you might be asking or might be exiting right now, but don't do it because you, maybe you don't have kids and you're like, this isn't for me, but it is for you because there's children in your life. You might have nieces, nephews, other kids that, that you uh, work with in the community. So tune in. I know you'll learn something. Um, take something away so you could be successful in life and just have a balanced approach to, to who you are. Well, let's turn to children for a second because this one is um, very interesting. I want to focus on picking up signs because this is, this is a difficult one, 10, 11, 12-year-olds. And, and to be honest, I've seen this even here where I'm, I'm hearing kids who are hiding. They want to keep the mask on because they want to hide behind it. it that, that's a sign there's something deeper there. So how can parents um, pick up these signs that their kids are struggling with anxiety, depression, et cetera, yeah. that you mentioned? Well, some things are kind of age specific. So I'm going to kind of talk in general because there's a big difference between your teenager, obviously, and your 10 year old. Yeah, right. You know, um, their maturity level and uh, the resources that they can bring to bear on whatever they're dealing with. But I would say, um, if you see your child withdrawing from friends and family, kind of pulling into themselves, uh, that would be a concern. Uh, I think if they show a loss of interest in activities that they once enjoyed, uh, that's uh, another concern. Uh, if you find that their grades are starting to tank and you're starting to get notes home from the teacher, um, I think that's another uh, sign to be to be wary of your child just displaying more sadness mm -hmm. you know um, maybe they're more prone to crying than they used to be uh, maybe they go the opposite way and they get more aggressive emotionally but you're just sensing on the on the emotional side of things uh, there's something different there's something yeah. going on here uh, uh, anxious about things now that never bothered them before, you know, and uh, uh, expressing that anxiety, expressing that worry or that fear. Um, and I would say um, not necessarily any one of these is the alarm sound, but it's just in kind of in com combination. Uh, you see a couple of these different things going on. Uh, when you get to, you know, the teen years, particularly uh, we're seeing more and more teen suicide, mm -hmm. and I think parents should be alert to if their child just comes out and says, I think I'd be better off dead. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a clear yeah. warning that, okay, my child's thinking about this. Or they speak about it euphemistically, which tends to happen a little more often. Sure. You know, um, where they're saying things like, um, you know, uh, maybe I would be better off, uh, everybody would be better off without me, or, you know, uh, 
the, the world is getting so dark for me, uh, or they'll allude to something in popular media that is a reference, kind of a veiled reference to taking their life. So yeah. you never want to ignore that as a parent. Now, you don't want to necessarily respond in panic mode, right, right. but you want to draw your child out. You want to draw out their heart. And uh, I found some of the best times to do that is either when you're riding in the car with them, mm -hmm. you're driving, and they're the passenger next to you or behind you. Yeah. Uh, there's something about driving in the car where kids tend to be more open and teenagers to talking to mom or dad who's ever in the car, particularly if it's just the two of you. Yeah. Or at bedtime, believe it or not. Now, um, I found even when my kids were teenagers, I would certainly knock on the door before I'd go in, particularly for my daughter's room. But, you know, sometimes my, my, my teenager would say, hey, dad, could you sit on the end of the bed for a minute? I want to talk to you. And then just, just taking the time to do that or just come in and say, hey, just want you to know I, I care about you. I love you. Uh, how's things going? And sometimes uh, that part of the day, they can be a little more open. If you take your time with it and you try not to be too pushy, uh, but you just provide a, a window of opportunity for them to maybe share something that's on yeah. their heart or mind. Yeah. You know, can, can I speak for a second? My personal sure. My kids are 15 to about to be 13 and 11. The car is, is a huge time for us to connect. My wife and my daughter, she drives her back and forth and dance and to friends. And she'll come home and tell me these amazing discussions they have. So you're absolutely right. So what I started to do with my boys to try to get them one-on-one, I'll, I'll have to run the grocery store or I'll take a ride to buy something. And I intentionally take only one with me. Mm -hmm. Hey, it's your turn, Caleb. Hey, Shane, you want to go to get some ice cream with me? And you're absolutely right. It's interesting how those they naturally uh, begin to share things where you're not forcing them to talk or you need to sit down and talk to me. You're, you're struggling. I know you are. And you're like, get away from me, Dad. I'm not going to stop. So that, that's a great point for us to, to just really, really think about. So I appreciate you sharing that, Paul. Yeah, and I think it's the fact that, you know, as the parent, we're driving. So we can't make direct eye contact with them. And... Yeah. They're, you're both a captive audience. Right, right. So you're looking the same direction. You, you really like, yeah. you know, you're just locked in this zombie mode almost, right? That kind of forces you to some way almost, not forces you, but you, you maybe like you said, you're not looking eye to eye. Right. Maybe that lets the guard down. I, I think it does. And for whatever reason, I found I've had some great conversations with my kids hmm. of all ages yeah. when we'd be in the car for uh, getting bring them home from school or taking them somewhere to an activity. Uh, it's just a, an opportunity to, to take advantage of. Yeah, that's great. I think um, just sharing some of those things will, will, I think will be helpful. Um, you know, one, one kind of final thing I think here I, I want to talk about, um, and, and this one is something that I struggle with, and you probably do as well because you've been in pastoral ministry and counseling and chaplain work for a long time. Um, so let's, just, let's get to this real quick here. Why, why do people have such a hard time asking for help when, when you know they know they're they're in a rut, they know that they need to seek help. What what is it causing individuals to put a block up to just resist asking for help? I think there are a number of factors that can be at work. One is pride. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, I'm just too proud to admit that I need help. Yeah. Um, fear of being exposed. Mm, that's a big one. Yeah. You know, if we go to counseling, the counselor is going to find out about X, Y, or Z. And I don't want that. Mm -hmm. 
And for folks who are first responders in military, it's why they often avoid the employee assistance program in, in first responder world. I'm not sure what you call it here on the military side of things, but that idea, I'm not going to the base psychologist or the base counselor because I don't want anybody to know. I don't want anything on my record. Right. It's that fear of being exposed. Because that's not 100% confidential either, right? Some of those those agencies that you're talking about, right? Well, so in, in the first responder world, uh, it, it, it is supposed to supposed be, to be? Okay. confidential. However, not everybody believes that. I see. I see. So, yep. um, uh, another big one is I don't want to. I don't want to be seen as weak. Yeah. I've, I've got the can-do attitude. You know, I'm ready to charge up San Juan Hill. Yeah. I'm going to plow through this, and we can do this. We don't need any help because um, if we ask for help, then I want to be seen as weak. And I think that's that that's a big one. And then the cost for some people. True. You know, it's like, I don't want to spend money on all this, uh, but we got all these other problems to deal with, right. you know? Right. So I would say, in my experience, those would be uh, four big ones mm, yeah. that I've, I've noticed with folks. Sure. And, and you know, I, I foot stomp this often about the confidentiality piece. And, and still, like you said, it's not that people don't believe it, but they're just like, even though it's confidential, they still aren't comfortable sharing with some other person. They just don't want anyone else to know. Mm-hmm. But... What I've found is that when folks come in and they talk and we, we approach some of the resources that you referenced earlier or some of the techniques, they always feel better when they leave, ironically, right? Or they, they at least leave a, with a little bit of hope. Um, and it has less to do with, I'll just say for me, less to do with me. I, I don't really offer much except an ear, some good, good advice potentially that I've learned over the years by just sitting with people and studying a little bit. And using, you know, as a, as a chaplain and for yourself as well, using scripture. But, you know, you just give them some small nuggets of hope and, and, and they walk out pretty, they feel pretty good. You know, I've never had, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know if you've had, I never had someone at any, any session say, this was the biggest waste of my time. I should have never done this. In fact, I, I almost get almost the opposite. Mm-hmm. It's good just to even get this off my chest, mm-hmm. if anything. So I, I guess what I'm, what I'm asking you is, um, do, have you seen that? same kind of mindset and perspective after you do counseling. Yes. And I think, uh, at least in the marriage counseling context, um, men have a harder time coming to counseling than women. Sure. Sure. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times when we start a session, um, I can see the heel marks in the rug from the husband being dragged in. (laughs) And, you know, he's, he's skeptical. He's defensive. He's not, he's not answering very much. And by, by the end of the session, um, or after the first couple sessions, he begins with, to warm up because he sees that, you know, I'm here for both of them. I'm not here to take sides. This is a judgment-free zone. Yeah. I'm simply here to help the two of you work through the issues to have a, a, a happier marriage and one that's, that's, that's functioning the way you both wanted to see it function. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not there to take sides. I've got no dog in the fight as right. to whether they go this way or that way. I And and look, I, my pants go on one leg at a time also. That's right. You know, I have to go home and love my wife. Yeah. And I'm not perfect at it. So um, trying to avoid coming off as the expert yeah. right. who is full of all knowledge. Yeah. You know, but rather say, look, I'm a guy who's also trying to do my best 
to love my wife and my kids, and I'm not always yeah. successful at it. Yeah, I have my days too. I'm glad you said that because that's one technique I've picked up early on. When I hear people tell me about their problems, I'm like, well, I have the same problems. I mean, so these aren't really problems. They're just things in our life. There's the cracks again, that great analogy. There's just the cracks that we have to figure out how to work with and work through. It's not a bad thing. I think too often people give, want to give up because they don't, they don't see a way ahead because they think there's a, false, there's a false sense of reality that other relationships aren't like theirs when it really they are. You know, so yeah, and I yeah. think I think folk couples can get into the mindset and, and individuals as well, where they're kind of stuck in this rut. Yeah, and I tried this, this, and this to try to get out of the rut. And they haven't worked, right. so I guess I'm just meant to be in this rut. Yeah, sure. Or I'm just meant to be in this this uh, loveless marriage, and I feel trapped. Yeah. Um, and if they would simply reach out. Uh, to someone like you or someone like me who has the tools and the resources and the experience to say, all right, well, uh, let's hear your story. Let me hear what it's like to be in the rut. And okay, let me give you some ideas that we can begin to work together on uh, because either I was in your rut or I was in a similar rut. And this is how uh, I was able to get out of it, how God was able to help me get out of it. Uh, in a Christian context. So, yes, I think sometimes folks get into that defeatist mindset and we're just stuck. Yeah, just throw the towel in. That's it, right? You know, yeah. We're going to stay here for the kids. And that's why the divorce rate spikes when the youngest kid moves out of the house. Yeah. Which for Phyllis and I was the exact opposite. We're like, yes! We, they're gone. We've <laughs> raised them. They're gone. And we can take over the house again. Yeah, you know, we can fool around in any room we want to. Or we can... <laughs> We can uh, go on a on a weekend trip and not have to worry about who's watching the kids or how they're going to be fed. You know, it's yeah. it's it, uh, it was a, it was a nice transition for us. But for some couples, that's the escape point. Yeah. Sure. Now I will say it's better. All the research shows if if you're in an unhappy marriage, it's better to stay in it for the sake of the kids than to get divorced. Um, and there's some some great uh, research out there that demonstrates that. Mm -hmm. But. I would like to see the couple not just stay in the marriage because, well, we don't want to make it more difficult for the kids, but to say, I think we can have a better marriage. Mm -hmm. So, so let's get the help we need for that to happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, as we uh, as we kind of close up here, Paul, I want to say first, thanks for coming in and sharing some of these just tremendous resources and some tools that we could get. I'm trying to build that mindset here at the, at the wing. Uh, again, mind body social, spiritual, right? And create this life plan for people. And so what you've shared today, there's some folks out there that can immediately begin implementing these things. I like one of the most practical things you said was schedule a day night. Like if you just get some things on the calendar even, yeah, it could change your marriage. It could change your relationship. But So I would love to have you back in again. We could hone in on some other topics potentially, but um, this is a great, I think, starter for our folks, especially again, as we're moving out of this COVID situation and hopefully some normalcy here um to strengthen your relationships to take a look at children you know pick up some of these signs and seek the help that you guys need it is okay to reach out in fact I, we encourage as paul and i that's what we do as, as counselors and as people that, that love people um we, we want to help and, and see you on your journey to success so 
Hey, listen, um, thanks for tuning in to the, the Balance Podcast. And uh, again, I just look forward to, to bringing you back in, Paul. Thanks for coming in. My pleasure. Great to be with you, Tom. All right. So we're, we're out here. Have a great one. Take care.